This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight is Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And welcome back, Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we've got two main reviews to look at. We're going to kick off with Desperation Road, which finds Garrett Headland and Mel Gibson teaming up. Then we have an Irish film called Wickedly Evil. Our short shot is The Hatchling, and our DTV throwback is called Double Edge. So, without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film, then, is Desperation Road. Set in a tough-and-tumble Mississippi town, a young woman and her daughter are caught in the crossfire when whiskey, guns, and the desire for revenge violently intersect. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to finish this one, Steve, and, and the, um, the, the reason being this, the, the screener we had access to had limited number of views and I made the mistake of stopping and starting um but I did get a, a flavor of the film so we have this young woman and her daughter end up in this town um in in you know pretty much destitute I mean I, 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 my heartstrings are going when you see them sort of trudging around with you know their meager possessions in a bin bag as, as they're you know and having to walk from place to place it was um yeah pretty pretty grim and and then it gets even worse when you know she gets accosted by this fucking cop um basically raped um you know, or, you know coerced into having sex with him shall we say no raped definitely raped yeah um yeah. and um yeah so so you know she managed to get the drop on him with his own gun um that kicks off the police in the meantime she ends up crossing paths with Garrett Headland's character, who's fresh out of prison, um, also got his, his own issues and, you know, staying. I, I didn't get as far as to find out what the relationship is between him and Mel Gibson's character. Are, are they actually related or is he just sort of like... Um, yeah, it's his dad. It is his dad. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it is, you know, there have been some very interesting films about, you know, sort of small town crimes, that sort of thing. How did you get on with this? Right, like you said, at the beginning, um, I wasn't really feeling it. Mm. I just thought, it's, it's... It's a misery fest, isn't it? It's, it's misery porn, basically. Mm. And then it gets about 20 minutes in. I mean, you, you saw the bit where he gets off the coach. Yeah. Uh, he gets beat up, beaten up straight away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, what did this for me was the performances. Mm -hmm. So I thought Garrett Edlund was fantastic. I mean, Mel Gibson, he's basically just doing what he's done for the last 30 years, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And also, what's his name? The guy who, who basically beat him up. Oh, yeah. The beginning. Um, Ryan Hurst, who played mm -hmm. Larry. Absolutely fucking phenomenal in this. Mm. If if this was a cinema release, he should be getting nominated for Best Supporting Actor. 
next year at the Oscars. He's absolutely amazing. That was Ryan, Ryan Hurst, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I've not heard of him before. I've not seen him in anything, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Looking at it, he's been in like SWAT and stuff like that, but not, not stuff that I've come across. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And I thought Garrett Edlund was great as well. He's, to me, he, you know, known for Tron legacy, and that's about it. Yeah, really, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. But in this, I think it's great. And when you find out what the actual conceit is and what the link between them is, mm-hmm. which is about halfway, three quarters away from the film, it makes sense. It, it it all clicks, all connects, and it's actually a decent mm. way that it happened. If you know what I mean, it's not far-fetched, it's not overblown, it's just kind of shit on shit on shit, basically. <laughs> but I I really enjoyed this. Having, like I said, 20 minutes and I'm thinking, hmm, no, not for me. This is going. It is basically just misery porn at first, and then it, it, it doesn't get any more cheerful. But it gets you're riveted, hopeful. yeah, yeah, yeah. Riveted. yeah. Okay. I was hooked after that. Uh, I really was. Um, huh. Whether you guys would have enjoyed it as much, I don't know. Mm. Um, but I just thought because <clears throat> I mean, he's basically. Like his character Larry, he's he's basically an, al- an alcoholic, you know. Mm-hmm. He's going through a lot of stuff, and you know sometimes when they play, they, they overplay it. You know, they play it too drunk, and yeah. oh, I'm part, and he 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 just nails it. Oh my god, it's the best drunk I've seen on camera for a long time. Awesome. I've said. The only weak point, really, is the main female maven, uh, yep. Willow Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. If you're not, it's not as showy a performance as the others, should I say? Right. And you know, obviously, she's got the the the, the beginning, which is mm. quite I, harrowing to be fair. But yeah, I did enjoy her shooting the cop. I must admit. Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a nice cathartic I, moment quite early on. Yeah, it's it's the bit where Sergeant says, "Oh yeah, he's on the phone. He's got his mates coming over as well." Like, oh no. yeah, fuck off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that's a big point as well because you got you got um uh, so Garrett Headland's character is friends with um is it the deputy one of the one of the cops? Yeah, one of the North sheriff. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and because and he's aware of the case, but I, th- I think he's a different um, sort of arm of the law, as it were, because uh, you know, there's different difference between sort of like you know, local PD and well, the sheriff department or something. No, he, I think he's a sheriff, but he's he's right. a local lad. He's grew yeah. up there, yeah. and the, the one at the beginning, apparently, he says like he came in about three or four years ago, and everyone mm-hmm. said he's a dick. He's a Nobody liked him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no one's going to mourn his passing. Yeah. Cool. All right, mate. Um, on that note, how are you going to score it? I'm giving it an eight. Awesome. Um, I'm I'm not going to score it because I don't think I've seen enough of it. But um, I, I totally endorse your recommendation. If you get a chance to see it, please do. Um, that is an eight for Desperation Road. Go check it out.
Our next film is Wickedly Evil. A group of criminals lay low in the remote Irish countryside after pulling off an audacious robbery. As they plan their escape, they quickly realise the robbery will be the last thing to go right for them. Okay. Who ordered Reservoir Dogs meets Derry Girls? That's yeah. right. That's right. No one. No one <clears throat> ordered this piece of sh- Oh, that is, that's, that's not fair. You don't think that's fair? I, I, I don't um, think that's fair. Okay. I mean, I've never watched Dairy Girls, but I don't think that's fair. You've seen Reservoir Dogs, though. I, yes. I would, and I've also actually, seen The Cottage. I would kill for for I would kill for uh, Reservoir Dogs, Dairy Girls. To be honest, I thought Dairy Girls was awesome. Um, this is not. This did not. This uh, this this rubbed me up the wrong way from start to finish. Um, I, I'll talk about my thoughts on this in a minute. Let's kick over to Steve. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Mike. To be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't great. It's, yeah, the, yeah, he's it, Reservoir Dogs with Dairy Girls, and then a little bit of, I don't know, Lost Boys thrown in at the end of something from Dust Till Dawn, whatever you want to play. Yeah, because yeah. it, it just comes out of nowhere. I'll, I'll be honest, it's it is kind of a spoiler, but. What the last is it the last five minutes where you find out? Very much, very much the last five minutes, yeah. And there's not even a hint of anything earlier on. Hmm. Really. Yes, I think you see an old woman in the background, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, which didn't make any sense at all in, in context. Yeah. Yeah. And it I don't know, it just seemed very very light. You know, you've got two criminal three. Criminal, should I say? Like you say, one's injured and don't say a word. And you've got two just bickering all the time, and then you've got the other girl who is kidnapped, just to shut her up. Yeah, and so it's, it's just them two bickering. So you, 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 you five could, minutes, and that's it. I mean, you, you you could, you know, the the plot points from Reservoir Dogs. You know, you've, you've got the heist. Mm. Oh God, the cops are waiting for us. There must be a um, there must be a mole. There's uh, one of them yeah. gets shot on 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 the escape. They take a, yeah. a hostage. They 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 hole up, wondering who who's um, you know who 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 the the mole is. One of them's a complete psychopath, and and making things a lot worse. And then things do get worse when their boss turns up at the end. So. Yeah. It is literally, literally Reservoir Dogs. Is it literally literally City on Fire as well? Which was the film that Reservoir Dogs copied. No, because Reservoir Dogs only copied a little bit of City on Fire. Reservoir Dogs copied the three-way shootout at the end. You know, the the, the, um, Mexican standoff bit, basically. And and the idea that, you know, the the injured guy is the mole in in the first place. but yeah, as as Steve said, it is just bickering. We watched a film, Rich, a few weeks back, a few episodes back, called The Price We Pay, yes. which is very similar in concept to this, in that it's a mishmash of, of genres. But yeah, at least, yeah. at least in that one, you had criminals who had a air of professionalism about them. 
you know, there was no shrill histrionics between them. You know, they didn't like each other very much, but they kept it professional, at least. You know, these two, you know, it's the Chuckle Brothers, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. And I, I've got no time for them. I, I really had no time for either of them. They, you know, they, they weren't charming. You know, the, I, I, I had Lovable no... rogues. Exactly, they weren't mm. lovable rogues or anything. One's a coked up idiot, and the other's just, um, you know, a milk toast, basically. Uh, uh, you know, the, the closest this guy comes is to uh, Eric Idle's character in Nuns on the Run. Right, <laughs> uh, if, if he channeled that, he'd have been, you know, you might have actually gone, oh, actually, yeah, he's a bit of a laugh, isn't he? You know, but he doesn't, he, he, he's just too shrill and awful. I yeah I I got through this somehow, but um, no um, but but Rich I, I I'm gathering that you know you you're a bit more uh, um, sympathetic towards this film so you know did you yeah, get I any, mean, you got some enjoyment out of it yeah I mean I think it's funny that you know so what like forty years. From Reservoir Dogs, what is it? Is it yeah. forty years or is it? Um, no, it was. Oh, was it thirty years? About thirty-five. It was yeah, nineteen ninety-two, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so two thousand. Yeah, thirty-one. Yeah. Thirty-one years. Sorry, yeah, so not forty years. Um, but still, you know, back in the nineties, mm. you would have expected to see this, and it's like it was just par for the course. And it's quite funny that we're still. I mean, there's there are other Tarantino sort of imitations mm. that's still coming from that period. But yeah. um, but you don't see him so common, and this one just seems so embedded in it. It just sort of seems really a bit surprising, um, which I'm not completely against. You know, they do at least acknowledge it. They, there's a throwaway line to mention the movie. Um, I think that the thing that is more detrimental than the Reservoir Dogs thing is the fact that it, it's very similar to a film I mentioned earlier, which is called The Cottage, mm. which was by um, uh, so, and, and Andrew. Yeah, it was with Andy Serkis and Reese Shearsmith and Jennifer Ellison. And it basically the exact same setup. Two two guys, you know, hiding out in a in a house in the middle of nowhere with a female hostage, in that case played by Jennifer Ellison. Um that was but that, that was, was a much funny. better film. Yeah. yeah, it was a good that was a good quality film. I actually saw it uh, I think it I think it did get a cinema release, that one, because Paul Andrew Williams had done yeah. films like London's Brighton and that. And uh yeah, he was he was sort of uh, I, you don't hear i haven't heard of him much lately but he, this was kind of a left i remember the thing when this came out it, it was kind of a left turn left field kind of expect it was like what he's 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 gone from that to, to this but it was very entertaining um and reese shearsmith was on the rise and stuff anyway so that's the key problem is that this film has already been done better more than yeah. once um in bruges so, there's similar, yeah, yeah, definitely similar yeah, to big, in Bruges. Big chunk of in Bruges is basically this. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say, for what it is, okay, it's too long. I mean, it shouldn't be as long as it is. And some of the twists and stuff just don't work. It's, there's a lot of padding in there. But I didn't mind the banter. I, I thought that was okay. And sometimes that can be enough. Um, I do think it would have been better as a, as you know, like a much, either a much shorter film or a short film. I think it would have worked better. That way, but still, you've got that originality um, issue of uh, that it's not bringing really anything new to the table. Um, as an homage, yes, fair enough. Okay, it's like a Tarantino uh, homage, which, um, again, 
we've seen a million of them, so it's not really bringing anything new to the table there. But um, I was quite, I quite liked it. You know, I don't see that many, I don't watch that many films from Ireland. So, uh, it, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the accents and the, 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 you know, the dialogue is, is sort of a bit sparkier because it's, you know, not, not what you're used to hearing. It's not a bunch of Americans or, or whatever. So that, that gave it a bit of freshness mm-hmm. that, that I was able to connect with. But yeah, I was only, it's a, it's, I don't really get the title, I'm afraid, uh, the wickedly evil. Mm-hmm. title because there's, there's not really yeah. anything you know that dramatically evil there are horror elements but you know it's it's it doesn't really deserve the title the the, the alternate title which is a bit more playfully silly is bad things in the middle of nowhere which i think actually works better i think yeah. that would be better because it, it sort of rep- tells you a bit more of what you what you're going into whereas wickedly evil is kind of it's it's you know it's got a humorous bent to it so you go, oh, it's a little bit of comic here, but it sort of leans into either some more like extreme behavior, like a very bad things kind of mm. thing. But it doesn't really go there, really. It's literally just a few guys hanging around and uh, you know waiting it bickering. out essentially for the most. Um, yeah, bickering. So yeah, I wouldn't. It's not something I'd highly recommend, but I didn't hate it. You know, it passed the time. It was okay. I didn't. I didn't mind it for what it was. And. Um, yeah, I just think it, I... it's just a shame. The performances were, I thought, were fine. For, you know, given, you know, okay. I mean, given given yeah. what, given the material. Oh, there's that great working. moment. There's a great moment where the girl who's been kidnapped, like, like headbutts the guy. Like, uh, I think he headbutts the cokehead mm. guy, like twice, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was great. I, I really like that moment. I the bit was, I did was... like, and it, I suppose it was a nod to to Pulp Fiction, was that at the beginning when she shoots up the pair of them. And we're watching the the cokehead guy, and he's like checking himself to see if he's been shot. And then he they then he punches her. You know and what? It, You're right. And it's then that he realizes that it wasn't him who got shot. It was the guy behind him. So he's like, oh mm-hmm. shit. But that that bit did work for me. But the thing is, and this could be age and the fact that I've watched too many fucking films. But I'm becoming less and less forgiving about silliness in scripts, right? So here's an example. The, you know, we, we get the uh, opening. You know, we get the police radio and everything telling us, "Oh, there's shots fired, shots fired, all the rest of it." You know, man down, all this, and then we get two of the um, the, the two brothers basically just coming out of this place with the, the, their bag of loot, wearing these um, green track suits with lizard masks, which were meant to have been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle masks. So it's it's kind of like the joke in uh, Baby Driver. Yeah, Mike um, Myers. Yeah, no. So yeah, so there's a joke from like Baby. Yeah, as you say, Baby Driver, when it's supposed to have the Michael Myers masks and we've got Mike Myers masks instead. Um, but is it the time and place when you when you got the cops closing in on you and you're trying to make your escape to start bickering about the bloody masks and having a discussion about who's the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? It's that stupid. Well, there's the pop culture kind of stuff, and it's the yeah, it's but that, they could have saved that until Guy they Ritchie got away. Stuff, isn't it? Oh, it's just, no, it's just being a silly Guy Ritchie kind of movie. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it takes it takes me out of the film though. It's like you're not taking anything seriously here. You know, you're the mm. only guys in the neighborhood with fucking guns and wearing green tracksuits. You know, you you look as conspicuous as hell, and you stood in the middle of the street just nattering on when you should be trying to get away. It's ridiculous yeah. and it annoys me. It annoys me a lot. Yeah. 
Hey, there's no there's no in media res or like character type. That is true. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, I was thinking. uh, Yeah, I was thinking earlier that if the next Fast and Furious movie has in media res, that's it. I'm out. (laughs) Anyway, um, no, you're absolutely right. But at the same time, there's no there's no elevator fight or kitchen fight. Um, So you know, helicopter crash. Yeah, it kind of balances out, unfortunately. There are elements here which could have, you know, which could have worked, but I, I, yeah, the familiarity of it mixed with the sort of Chuckle Brothers approach um, just didn't do it for me at all. How about you, Steve? No, 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 it weren't for me. All right. In that case, what are you going to score it? I'll give it a five. Mm-hmm. I'm going to join you on a five. Rich, can you do any better? Uh, no, I mean, I'm not as I'm not as down on it, but I still think a five is reasonable. I yeah. think you know it's it's not really bringing enough to the table. It's not um, to, everything to, to behind the camera. Six. Everything behind the camera was fine. You know, the camera work was great. The lighting was oh, it was finely made. You know, yeah, all, yeah. all the rest of it technically got no issues. Clearly um, on a low budget, and they've done quite well with that. I think it's the script. It is. It's purely the script they decided to work with. The uh, concept and the script. Yeah, exactly. Right, there you go. Three fives for Wickedly Evil, also known as Bad Things in the Middle of Nowhere. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is The Hatchling. Five kids try to get a baby dinosaur back to its parents on a Jurassic reservation. Okay. You know what this felt like to me? Mm. It's like It's Saturday afternoon, um, and I'm flicking through the channels on the TV, and I happen to stumble across the middle of a, um, oh, what's the company called? Something like Buena Vista or um, uh, DreamWorks. Yeah, or, you know, something like that, Touchstone kind of, um, you know, family movie. And it's like halfway through, and they're just going to, to... one of these sort of like inciting moments in the film. That's what it felt like. It was um, it was of that quality. It was very, very well done. Um, I was very impressed that they went with a dinosaur that probably hasn't had its moment on screen yet. You know, it, it was something akin to a giant aardvark or something like that, you know, or, or giant sloth. Um, and it looked great. The, the, the um, you know, the, the baby version, especially when it was interacting with the kids, Early Super on, cute. it was, was really, yeah. really well done. Um, yeah, the adults, you know, the adult versions were, were, were great. Um, there, there's this sort of really cool, it, it, you know, it did have this sort of Spielbergian element with the uh, the mum, you know, at one point going, "Oh my god, you're going to cost me my job," and the next minute, you know, she's realizing that the guys turned up the door may not be from the Fish and Wildlife Department because one of them's wearing his badge upside down, <laughs> which I thought was a nice little moment. Um, so yeah, there's tons to like here out of this. Um, Steve, what do you make them? Yeah, it really did remind me of like a '80s family, you know, action movie, something like. It kind of remind, you remember Bigfoot, Bigfoot and the Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, anyway, you know mm. <clears throat> that kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, I thought it was done really well. Performances were good. Um, it, you know. It, the thing that baffled me a bit was the ending with the older woman. Mm. 
Um, I don't know if she, she seems shady or not. I couldn't get a grasp of it. Well, she, she's know, she's got this reservation, but she, at the same time, she's selling off the 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 um, the eggs or something. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, oh, so yeah, on, the one, one, on the one hand, yay. On the other hand, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just a little bit. It was a bit uneven, but mm. no, apart from that, yeah, it, it was great. It mm. wasn't what I expected in a way. Indeed, I I was, of, yeah, I was expecting, you know, I don't know, T Rex or Velociraptor or something to pop out. Of it. Yeah. With just the name, I was expecting more of a like a horror vibe rather than a All right. you know family friend friendly mm-hmm. adventure vibe. More than mm-hmm. that, but no, it was I, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich, you cur- curated this one for us. What could you tell us about it? Oh. Well, I didn't really. Um, I don't really know much about it. It's just kind of one of those films that I I came across uh, as I was looking through what new releases there had been lately. Uh, checking on the old IMDb, mm-hmm. I think, and uh, you know, it's one of those ones you come across the poster and you look it up, and I was like, oh, that looks quite interesting. And it's literally just came out in October, and it says it's it says it's uh, like a new original story. It's like an all new adventure uh, thing, and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be related to anything, although it does look familiar. Um, I think it's very close to being a fan film, but they've intentionally tried to not say it's a fan film. Mm. But it 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 it's not. It's basic. Imagine it's a, a set in the world of Jurassic World Dominion. It could easily yeah. be that, yeah. It, because it, this it, film it, has it, no context whatsoever for yeah. what is actually happening. So you kind of have to borrow the context from. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, uh, and the, you, and you, could, you could believe you could yeah. you could easily believe that you know the mum is is uh, working for Ingen, or, you know, and all this sort of stuff. Or, and uh, yeah, it, you know, and there's these. Or even it was a completely could, detached thing, like yeah. um, you know, like uh, you know where the Lost World went at the, at the end of it, and the idea was oh, the the dinosaurs are on, you know. Well, on, on on dry land, on you know, yeah. running around in people's gardens. Well, that's that's what we like get, that. isn't it? That's what we get right at the beginning, because because yeah. you know, it's definitely set in a world where people are used to these creatures, you know, possibly being a nuisance, you know, a new domestic nuisance sort of thing or a suburban nuisance. Because because there's like a trio of um, these sort of mini dinosaurs that almost get run over right at the beginning. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, pesky things get out of the way, you know, beep, 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 all that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, set in that sort of world for sure. Yeah, and with the with Jurassic World Dominion, they'd already, they they did their own short film, The Battle of Big Rock. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's very good if nobody yeah, yeah. hasn't seen it. That's like, that's like the big blockbuster movie equivalent of a short film compared to mm. this, which is very much a, uh, you know, they, they've... They've worked their heart and soul and every single penny they've got to, you know, to try and try and pull this thing together. I think it's good. So it, I think it does take a risk by jumping in with no context or, or whatever. And I say, I think you have to, you almost have to lean on the Jurassic World movies well, not, to not sort even, of commit. Yeah, to. not not even mm. just the Jurassic World, but but the you know the concept of the the family kids movie. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. You know, the, oh, the yeah. kids kids doing something nefarious that the, the adults don't want them to do, kind of thing. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, very much a throwback that. to all the Goonies and Goonies and, and, that, and yeah. all Goonies. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the visual effects were really good, which is a, you know a key aspect of it. Um, the little the little hatchling himself, he's he's just super super cute. <laughs> it's like really well rendered, really well realized. Um, the the kids themselves are you know you don't get to know them. There's no sort of character you know establishing because mm. you're literally yeah. thrown right into the situation of there. They're going, 
they're coming to get it run around you know sort of they're yeah. arguing between themselves and trying to trying to deal with the situation it's great it's a, it's only 10 minutes um dinosaurs are sort of you know quite uh a popular area for for yeah. short films both in terms of Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, he kind of fan films, yeah. and also films like uh, Hell Creek, which you know use time travel and dinosaurs and stuff. As, but what, what's as good about this because this one, because, yeah. because because they have come up with a, a unique dinosaur that, as I said, you know hasn't had its mm. moment. Yeah, yeah. On yeah, screen. yeah you know, no no one can say, oh, you, you've just sort of copy and pasted from another film mm. or anything like that, or you know, taking a, a previously rendered design. And, mm. and just sort of stuck it in there um you know yeah. clearly clearly they've had to sort of model this themselves and uh, and all the rest of it and i think i think it they do a great job of it well, that's what i thought with the when the when the sort of parent dinosaur comes out and it's got these arms mm. coming out of the yeah. front and i was just like yeah. i wasn't sure is this an imagined creature or is this a literally a a real um a real dinosaur so i've, I've not looked into it it looks like it's some sort of, as I say, a sloth or aardvark kind of thing, because it's got yeah, those yeah. claws for destroying like termite hills and stuff like that, you know. So, but anyway, yeah, no. So this is from. Uh, so the company that made this is called Mesozoic Pictures. They previously did like a two-minute uh, fake newsreel kind of sequence, I think, oh, yeah. on, that's on that's on YouTube. So I think this is their first narrative like for a proper sort of narrative film uh mm-hmm. you know effort so i think you know they bang out the gate with, with, with something really solid here um really looking forward to it. you know whether that become because the film is very much open-ended so there is a chance that you know mm-hmm. they could develop this story return to these characters or, or go off in a different direction i think they're very much interested you know for, as the name of their company indicates very interested in dinosaurs so i think that's where the future of whatever yeah. they do next will lay um yeah i'm, I'm super uh, hype to see what they do next mm-hmm. awesome okay we don't score the shorts but we do recommend you check them out if you like dinosaurs you will absolutely love this if you like kids movies you'll absolutely love this go check it out you'll find a link in the footnotes below our dtv throwback this week is double edge robbers drug dealers and pimps are being killed in the streets Quinn, a policeman with a mysterious past, is on the case. Now, I curated this one for once. I came across the poster for this, um, which I thought was crazy in itself, because it is clearly ripping off Cobra. Um, and it's I, like and literally I, the Cobra poster. <laughs> literally. And I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a Bollywood movie at first, because um, the guy does look kind of Indian. Um, it, it turns out what this is, is um, it's a Filipino uh, action yeah. movie, which has been redubbed and, pa- well, it's, it's been packaged right from the off um, to, to mimic the American style, you know, so it, it's kind of in the Roger Corman um, sort of field of, of when he was over there sort of making um, films like Barbed Wire Dolls and things like that. Um and, and even, you know, you think about the sort of the, the Italian films, which are all sorts yeah, yeah. of mimic things at the time. Um, you, you kind of get this sort of mismatch between the two because our hero, Quinn, um, you know, he, he definitely has a bit of Italiano about him um, in, in his looks as well. I, I just absolutely love this. I mean, it, it's absolutely done. The the the, um, the dubbing at times is atrocious. It, um, at times, they've, they've definitely got Filipino actors um dubbing the voices in in english um 
which which sounds very strange when you when you've got this sort of burly black guy speaking with a very high pitched voice in English. It, it's very <laughs> strange. Um, it's it's very violent, um, quite nihilistic at times, uh, but it is a it's it's a classic eighties uh, style picture. I I really got on with it. Um, Steve, how about you? Did you enjoy Double Edge? I did, but possibly for the wrong reasons. I mean, it is terrible. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But entertainingly so. Yeah, it's (laughs) hilarious. I mean, I think the only decent thing that they managed is the explosions because everything, when it blows, it blows. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like the petrol station. You know, oh, yeah. It's not a petrol station. It's balsa wood with a couple of windows <laughs> stuck in. It, there's no money involved at all. They've, they've made it for 20 quid and a packet of bags. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not being funny. A cop who's also an undercover ninja. Genius. I should point out <laughs> the, um, the German title for this was Night of the Ninja 2. Right. So, okay. so presumably there's there's another one like this somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'll be honest. I didn't see the ninja twist coming. No, neither did I. I, I was I like, I really didn't. should have, because well, yeah. <laughs> because otherwise the whole film was just feeling like a complete mess. It was like, why am I watching yeah. a cop movie that keeps turning into a ninja movie? Mm. And it's well, like, I mean, ah. that was the thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to me, I'll be honest. It was obvious that it was in. Yeah, it really was, but. When he just turns up, I'm like, "What? Where is it? Where, where's this ninja just appeared from?" Because there's no, I say, I mean, all I've got to go off is the poster, which is yeah, cold, it's Cobra. Yeah, cold. I thought that's yeah. what we were getting. I thought that's what we were getting is a straight up, you know, Cobra ripoff. I mean, in the way you kind of do, you know, he's the yeah. cop who was outside the what, but he's also secret ninja. And I'm like, it, yeah. <laughs> And it goes full ninja at the end, doesn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, it's oh, like, yeah. It goes full on ninja, yeah, baby traps, everything, yeah. And oh, yeah, I mean, the, the amount of traps that he managed to set, you know, <laughs> yeah. so that people went in exactly the same, in, you know, people went to exactly the points that he needed them to for those traps to I work. Mean, <laughs> you think about it, it took Kevin McAllister a full day, I mean, it must have took him mm-hmm. 10 minutes, you know, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, it's ridiculous, it's stupid, it's over the top. But it is kind of fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's... when I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, actually the title's actually really smart. You know, mm. it's like the whole double edge, the sword, and, you know, he's got a double mm. life and whatever. I thought, well, that's, like, that's actually pretty good. Um, the, so I, I say, because I didn't, quite, I didn't quite understand what was happening, it was kind of just, I was just watching it as a mess. And then... To have that twist re- revealed, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's quite yeah, I quite like what they've done there." And it was just the way it shifts from being this cop movie to just like full-on showdown, you know, Shokasugi kind of movie. Mm. Um, was it you know, part, you know, uh, like one of the canon ninja movies kind of thing? Well, yeah. Was just a, sort of a left field, but the for the most part, it's very um, say as uh, not just the cover indicates, but you know. There's various other scenes as as listed in the uh, the review by Comeuppance Reviews, um, but there's actually there's so much Sylvester Stallone riffing in this. You know they put in some some Rambo sort of stuff, 
there's like training montages that are a bit, mm -hmm. you know, not just ninjury kind of stuff, but the um, uh, more like Rocky kind of yeah, yeah. training sequences. Uh, I, I, I mean, I did half expect him to sort of pull out a pair of scissors to cut his pizza, but unfortunately that never <clears> happened. <throat> but he does wear his glasses like all the time, including at night, <laughs> indoors. <Yeah. laughs> like, which I don't know if he did that in Cobra, but um, but it's, it's, in, in this one he barely takes them off, which was Indeed. which was quite amusing. Um, I thought the police lieutenant, uh, who was just chewing him out, uh, oh, God. in a really really like <laughs> over the top way, was was really was pretty good. In like you say, it's very cheap locations. It's literally just like a bog standard real like real world corner off like office mm -hmm. like no uh, no production values at all or whatever nothing like you would expect to see in hollywood where everything's designed and you've got like really nice cubicles and, and stuff but yeah this is it's shot on a budget um made by uh, teddy page who yeah. actually recycled footage from this as well as other films into another film called uh, uh lethal killing machine also known as crime stopper um a few years later I think he did that with a lot of his films. I'm I'm not overly familiar with Teddy Page's stuff. No, he's got 30, he, 31 directing credits to his name. So, he, but like you were saying before, I think he's very much of the um, Sirio Santiago sort of yeah, yeah. sort of era of of, of filmmakers uh, who was just sort of you know shooting stuff on a budget and patchworking it together. You know, all the Richard Harrison stuff that was being done in Hong Kong. You know, kind of taking all this stuff and reworking it. Um, so I think, yeah, it's flawed. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it's low budget. There's a lot of issues with it. Um, but it was surprised. I, I found it quite surprising and amusing and, uh, you know, actually quite rewarding uh, overall. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I've seen it. I've never heard of it. Um, no, it's, I, it's, quite, I, it's very obscure. It. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, glad somebody's put it on because I don't even know if it actually had a UK release. I mean, it's listed in the, on IMDb as... Yeah. Being having double edge as the UK release title, but there's no listing on the BBFC or anything. No. So uh, uh, whether it actually did come out under a different, perhaps another, even another title, it, it, it did I don't have know. a few names from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. No, but yeah, I, good I, find, I good it. find. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. It was very silly. Um, it was that period, you know, nine eighty five. You, you can expect. Um, you know, sort of ninja films, uh, very much in the uh, Enter the Ninja kind of style. I guess. Well, you know, I mean, we watched New York Ninja, didn't we? Uh, yeah, a while that, back that, at the yeah, uh, that, Fighting that, Spirit, that and this is, this is very much like that. I mean, that's what yeah. that film was throwing back to, and you know, yeah. actually, literally was in some sense yeah. because it was actually the real footage. But with the dubbing track and everything, it all feels, and with mm -hmm. the absurdity of some of the twists, mm -hmm. um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a fun one. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. But, yeah. So as Rich said, you know, there's no official release of this as far as we know, um, but we did come across a um, a, de a decent screener on YouTube, and we shall put a link to that in the footnotes. If you're interested, go check it out. That is the end of this particular show. So thanks, guys, for reviewing these films. Um, kind of bummed that I didn't get a chance to see Desperation Road. Um, kind of bummed that I did get to see Wickedly Evil. Um, but there you go. Uh, you know, we, we had some good ones last week. This week, yeah, not so much. I, th I think the, um, yeah, the, the short shot and the uh, throwback saved this week for sure. Before uh, we go, before we go, there's just one more thing on Double Edge I want to say. Did our right. review get really 
sort of intrigued and excited when you saw Ken Watanabe. I did. Yeah, when I saw the, the name. Yeah, but it's not that. It's not, not that. Ken not Watanabe. Not the, not the Ken it's not. It's not the one we're familiar with from you know, yeah. you know, uh, all the uh, Christopher Nolan films and stuff. It's, yeah, exactly. uh, it's another guy with the same name. Uh, so, uh, unless he's yeah. like, unless he was like five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the and the fact that the the kid, because hmm. the, there was the whole thing at the beginning of you know the kid's parents get killed and stuff, hmm. which he, I kept waiting for that the other shoe to drop on that, but literally the boy is is the cop, so his race changes because <laughs> so, the boy was clearly local, yeah. <laughs> and and um yeah, so that that was quite funny because I was just thinking what <laughs> that makes yeah. no sense, but then I saw his parents and I was thinking well. He could be adopted. That that would make sense. That's so then it was like, no. <laughs> anyway, anyway, there's a lot to enjoy about this film. Indeed. Yeah, <laughs> go check it out. Um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also, the short shots where we check out some short films. And Rich will put a new link to a short every evening around about eight o'clock. Thank you I for listening. As, as as soon as you can. I mean, we've got hundreds on there now, haven't we? I mean, just you, you, yeah. you're bound to have missed some. Go scroll, scroll Over back through. And, yeah, exactly. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.